here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So we're looking at what is God's dream? What is God's dream and how does it work? What is God's plan? Why are we here? And that's if you can explain Genesis uh, to Malachi, which is the Old Testament, um, then you know God's dream. It is revealed in the new, but it was uh, portrayed in the old. Because in Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, in the old days, God spoke to us through prophecy and through the Holy Scriptures. But in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son. Um, so really, the Old Testament is to be revealed through reading of the new. And um, we have a great series on that on SoundCloud called um, Unfolding, I believe. If you want to listen to that from last year, that will really bless you. But God has a dream. Amen. God has a plan. We're not here by chance. We're not just here because God was bored or that He wanted glory. Because some people think that. But the Word says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So who's the most blessed one? God. That's pretty cool. So God is the most blessed person. Most blessed being. God is the most blessed one. And He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So how did he become the more blessed one? He gave. Because it's more blessed when you give. And then we give to give of ourselves. And then what do we give? We give love. Because Jesus said, no greater love has anyone than this, that he lays down his life for another. He says, per adventure, some would lay down their lives for a good person. But Romans 5 and verse 8 says, but this is how God manifested or portrayed his love for us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for who? Those who do wrong things, yes, but that's not why He died for you. He died for the ungodly. He died for those who were without God. Okay? Last week we shared on oneness, and we've shared on it a few times, but from John 17, we can see clearly that the joy that was set before Jesus, the word says, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, according to Hebrews 12. And what he did there, what was that joy? We went back and we looked at John 17 where Jesus prayed minutes before the cross and he prays for oneness. So what is it that he gets his mind set on for that's going to motivate him, that's going to keep him on the cross? That's really, he's praying a prayer that is going to keep him on the cross because he had all the ability to leave the cross. He had the authority to call legions of angels. So his biggest enemy was not Pilate. His biggest enemy, if you will, was himself. Because he had the full ability to lay down his life or not. He says he wasn't murdered, even though we think so. But he laid down his life for us. That's important. It wasn't taken. It was given. Maybe it's a small difference in your mind, but it's a big difference in the kingdom. Because God had a plan, and His plan was Jesus, and it's been that all along. So now we get into the Old Testament, and we have a, a promise. God calls Abraham, and He says, Abraham, He says a few things. And the people get stuck up on this, the blessing of Abraham. Oh, I'm blessed with Abraham. I'm blessed, and, and, and too blessed to be stressed. Have you ever been to one of these charismatic churches in the States? How are you, brother? You can just say, hey, I'm Jock. They know, hey, I'm highly favored. I'm deeply loved. I'm above only, not beneath. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed, brother. I'm, they just go like, hi, I'm Peter. Like, uh, morning. <laughs> because they have this whole mindset about professing um, and confessing. But why? Because they want to be blessed. But God said to Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Now I want to show you that that is the promise, the dream of God. Right there in Genesis 12. I will bless you, Abraham, 
and you will be a blessing. He was not speaking about Isaac. He was not speaking about Canaan. Neither was he speaking about money. You know why? Because Abraham was blessed already in money and wealth. How come? We said it last week. Some of you are already laughing. He sold his wife twice. He made a franchise out of his marriage. He sold his wife twice. You know what a franchise is? A franchise is when you sell the same business more than once. That's exactly what Abraham did. He was a good businessman. And his wife probably wasn't quite genoeg because I won't live to tell the tale after I try that once, I promise you. Because Natasha loves me too much. Amen? <laughs> God had a dream, and the dream was to be fulfilled through Abraham. The dream was God coming to earth, living in a man. And we've said that now for the last six weeks. This is part seven. But guess what? It takes. It, it actually, I realized this week, it goes a step further. God's blessing, Abraham, is God coming to live in us. That is the promise. That's the dream. But he says, but then you will be a blessing. So God's dream is not just to bless you by indwelling in you, but He wants you to transform in order to now transform others. Because God chose to reach the world through us. Not us with the mic. No, us, all of us. God chose to reveal Himself, and that is His dream, that is His promise. And the promise to Abraham, according to Galatians 3 and verse 14, says that the blessing of Abraham, the promise to Abraham, the same thing, might be fulfilled, which is the outpouring of the Spirit. We need to really, really, really get that in our minds. We need to know that there's the love of the Father, there's the grace of the Lord Jesus, but there's the intimate fellowship and friendship of the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches never even get to the love of God. Then there's fewer churches and messages that get to the grace of the Lord Jesus, but we need to step into all that God has given us, which is the intense, in, in, there's so many words I want to say at once, that's the problem. The intense intimacy, the fellowship, the oneness with the Spirit. And if you go read John 17, that is exactly what Jesus prayed for. And that's why I love that song that we sang, Noah's was Ian. And I told you last, guys, um, if you have an English song that matches the words of some of these Afrikaans songs, then please bring them to us. But that's why we sing them, just because they are so powerful and so true. So what is God's dream? Mark 1 and verse 15, and we're looking at it from many different places. But Mark 1 and verse 15, The time promised by God has come at last. The words of Jesus. So God made a promise in Genesis 12 to Abraham, and it was not when the Israelites went into the walls of Jericho. Because Hebrews 4 now says, if that was the rest, then he would not have spoken of another. So God promises Abraham and he says, I'll take you to the land of milk and honey. Interesting concept. Now we've got gluten and all these intolerances and no one wants to drink milk or honey. Amen. I'm taking milk and honey. Amen. How do you take your coffee? Like Jesus does with milk and honey. Amen. Not my coffee though, my tea. Sorry. What is that, that, what is prophesied? Hebrews 1 says he spoke in prophecy, he spoke in parables, he spoke in narrative. But now it is clearly revealed, now the mystery has been revealed. So the land of milk and honey is not Canaan, because Hebrews 4 says, then he would not have spoken of another. So there's this concept of double meaning in the word, and it's very prevalent in the old. He spoke about the land flowing, there's a key, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water 
Now, milk is for babes, amen? So milk there refers to salvation, to newborn believers, to, 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 to salvation, to getting people born. I will take you to a land flowing with milk. Why? Because there will be so many new believers that they will need to be fed with milk. Now, what is honey then? Honey is revelation. Amen? Out of the strong came something sweet. Out of the eater came something to eat. That was Samson. That is Christ. That's the gospel. Out of the strong, out of God, came something to eat. He said at the Last Supper, this bread has always been my body, which has been broken for you. Out of the strong one came something to eat. Out of the eater, everyone thought God is an eater, came something sweet. Out of the lion of Judah came the revelation, the mystery now revealed, which is revelation, which is honey. You like that? I like that. <laughs> you see, the whole Bible has got a single message. The Old Testament, the New is a single message. Samson is not about donkey bones and foreskins. Sorry, ladies, but that's in the Bible. <laughs> it is about Jesus. He is the one prophesied. The Old Testament says that clearly. The land flowing with milk and honey. That was the promise. That's what he's called them out to. The salvation and the revelation. So, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 3. 1 Timothy 2 and verse 3. Think about it. When, what I believe we miss, and I'm also using my digital Bible, but what we miss is we, 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 we pan so quickly between Scriptures, we don't really know where we are in the Bible. So we were just in Genesis, first book. We quickly went to Exodus and Numbers by speaking about the land of milk and honey. Now we are in 1 Timothy. Okay? So just to keep track with me. Listen to this. It says... 1 Timothy 2 verse 3, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, milk, and to the knowledge of the truth, revelation, honey. What is God's dream? That all men be saved, and that those who get saved grow in revelation, be transformed by the renewal of the mind, Romans 12 says, so that they come to the full knowledge, the full understanding of truth. And what is that? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the life, I am the truth. So stick with me here. God's dream is not that you know the Old Testament better. I'm going to take a step further and say, God's dream is not that you know your Bible better. God's dream is that you know Christ. Which, yes, is in the Bible and through the Bible. We get to know Him, but we also get to know Him in community. We get to know Him in, 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 in fellowship and amongst each other. So you don't need to know your Old Testament stories better. That's not God's dream, but you need to find Christ in those. I believe it's Luke 24, where Jesus is on the road to Emmaus. I said when they leave, I'm going to make a joke that they're offended. But they, uh, um, they explain themselves and excuse themselves. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Jen. Um, it's awesome that they still uh, wanted to come to church, even though I had a different arrangement. So we appreciate that. The whole Bible is about Christ. 
It's about Him. It's about the one to come. And what we, we do is we, we, we lift the, the, the veil, if you will, and we look into the Old Testament, and it, the Word says where Moses is read, a veil remains over their eyes. So that's why everyone doesn't see this. They read Moses and they see Moses. You read the Red Sea and you think the Red Sea, but then Paul comes and he says, what happened there was actually a picture of baptism. The walls of Jericho is new birth. But now we want to not just get to salvation, we want to take the full promised land, we want to come to the full revelation of what is known. Paul prays in Ephesians and he says, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. That is growing in the truth. So there is really just one thing that we're looking at, and that is the unfolding of this mystery, which has been hidden for ages and generations, but has now been made plain. Okay, my teaching sounds complicated, but it's simple. It's plain. It's one message. It's Christ. And I'll preach it from Samson. I'll preach it from Genesis. I'll preach it from Abraham for the last year. And we're going to keep on that because there's one message. And God's heart is that we do what? We know and come to the, the, the Savior, to salvation, and that we come to the knowledge of the truth. So, now Jesus comes on the scene in Mark 1. And Jesus is not having a different dream to what God has. He couldn't, because that would be contrary. That would actually be blasphemy, I believe. So Mark 1, Jesus shows up and he says, The time promised by God has at last come. What is the time promised? Abraham, in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So what I'm doing today is I'm challenging your vocabulary on the word blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? Abraham, you will be blessed. Abraham already has money, but you will be blessed. And you will be a blessing. Acts 1.8 is exactly that. Go and wait, and you will receive power from on high. You will be blessed, and you will be a witness unto me. You will now become a blessing. Get a lot of frowns here today. Stick with me. I will bless you, Abraham, and that will result in you not doing a blessing, but being a blessing. When people encounter you as a Christian, it should bless them. Maybe not the taxi driver. We spoke about taxi drivers and patients on Friday morning at Manakar. Please come join us if that interests you. <laughs> uh, Paul had a, led a, a great conversation around that. But uh, what is it that, that, that the time has come at last? So the words of Jesus here says, at last what was promised is now here. And that is Christ. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. So that is, I will bless you. That's the time promised. I will bless you. Now we read on, verse 16 says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. They were just doing their everyday thing. They weren't in church. They weren't in the temple. They weren't fasting. They were working. Amen? And Jesus shows up and he says to them, Come follow me and I will transform you, this is the New Living Translation, into men who catch people instead of fish. Wow, that's beautiful. I will transform you. Come to me first, 
and I will bless you and then I'm going to transform you and now you're going to fish for people. Now you're going to be a blessing. Now you're going to live according to your new identity. If you are here today and you're looking for calling and purpose and maybe destiny, whatever you call it, you are at the right place. Amen? Because your calling and your destiny is to receive the Spirit so that you can transform with that power and that you can live a supernatural life as a blessing or as a witness, whatever word you prefer, because it's the same thing. Because you are not going to do a witness, you will be a witness. I am going to change you. That's what God promises. Praise God, He changed me. Amen. I'm so glad He changed me. He changed me in not doing things for Him, but being things for Him. Being someone, being a child, being a blessed one. So, I will transform you. So this message today, you can give it many titles. The more blessed life is one I picked. How do we live the more blessed life? We, we move on from being blessed to being blessing. That is more blessed. Because Acts, in, in, in Acts, let's go there quickly. Acts 20, verse 35. Acts 20, verse 35 says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. What is that inheritance? It's eternal life. It's the Spirit. That's the inheritance, it's not money. Among all those who are sanctified, among the brethren, the saints, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Just if you thought it was about things. He just clarifies that. He says, I'm not in ministry for things. I'm not here to get rich. Sorry. That's why we make you look this way, and not that way. <laughs> we are not here to get rich. We are here because we are rich in the Spirit. And we are here to be equipped to be transformed so that we, we let some of that riches now flow out as rivers of living water and so that the world changes as they encounter us. Yes, we get things and we can work for things and we can have things. There's nothing wrong with things. There's nothing wrong with you having things. But beware that things don't have you. Because we want God to have us and all of us in that. So he says... I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Check your Instagram feed and read that verse tomorrow. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I love this verse. Paul, Mr. Grace Man, Mr. Revelation, Mr. Church Planter, Mr. Global Traveler, Mr. In Prison Often. He says, I did not even take offerings. I worked with these hands. And I didn't just pay my way, but I as the leader, the church planter, the apostle, I even paid for those in ministry with me. I try and live like that. I work. Not every day of the week in, 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 in outside of ministry because ministry keeps us busy. But I work and I give. Because I want to give. Because I love to give. And I give to support ministers that, that alongside me so that we can do more ministry. That is the, the, the attitude we should have. I want to get to verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Whose words? The Lord Jesus. What is that that Jesus said? That He said it is more blessed 
to give than to receive. So as Christians, if you want to live the more blessed life, you need to be transformed from receiving the Spirit, now transformed into now giving the Spirit, into sharing the Gospel, into walking out and being a blessing. The more blessed life is not in you being blessed, but it is now in being transformed into being a blessing so that more people can be blessed and hopefully be transformed so that more of them can be transformed into not being blessed but being a blessing. And what do we call that? Discipleship. You see, we need to simplify this because Colossians 1, Philippians 1, the, the writer there says that you have borne fruit. You've been bearing fruit. We shared a great series, I believe, at the beginning of the year. We kicked off the year with fruitfulness, more fruitfulness. Now he says that this is that you get with bear more fruit by not just receiving, but by giving. We want to bear fruit, amen? But then we don't want to be eaten. <laughs> I want to bear fruit for God. Okay? Now be fruit. Let people consume you. Let them take you in. Because Paul writes to those two churches and he says, you've been bearing fruit since the day that you heard the gospel. Not since you heard and went to ministry school and went on outreach train. Since the day you heard, you've been bearing fruit. Which means it needs to be pretty simple. The gospel needs to be simple. The gospel needs to be understood. So Genesis 12, we looked at it, says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Acts 1.8, but I promise you this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and distant provinces, even to the remotest places of the earth, to Nepal. I've met, her name is Chile. I've met Chile, who Jerusha spoke of. They don't just go to Nepal by airplane. They go to Nepal and then they hike. You know where Nepal is? Nepal is where Everest is. They live... I said, where do you live? Like she says, well, sometimes under a bridge, sometimes on the mountain, sometimes. She has been transformed to be a blessing. And you know what? She is living the more blessed life. Because not only is she hoarding the blessing, whether that's money or it's power, it's the Holy Spirit, but even if you get to the mindset that this is not money, this is the Holy Spirit, you still shouldn't hoard it. Because God put gifts in us to give to others. Your gift, spiritually, is not for you. It's not to make your name great. If you have a great gift of prophecy, it's not about you. It's about those you give the gift to. Amen? You have been endowed with the gift. We all have the same gift. You know what that gift is? It's the Spirit. We don't have a piece of the Spirit. He gave to everyone the measure of faith. He gave to everyone the gift you see, that's why Bible translations are quite important, because you need to understand these things. So Jesus says again, I will transform you. Who wants to be transformed? I want to be transformed. We have this series, or this conference, Transformers Men's Conference. And I put a few up front here. This was amazing. This is four sessions. Conforming versus transforming. That's part of the message today. The power to transform. There's a testimony here on, of a gangster called Eddie, who got transformed, and radically so. So even if you just take it 
for that sake. But please, there's some here, there's some outside. You can take them for free. Um, and then we have the fourth session by Shane, sustaining a transformed life. So it's one thing to get excited on a Sunday, to get pumped up, and then, okay, nice. And then you don't even make it to Monday. Maybe you make it to Monday, but life group Wednesday night is still far off. And then you come up for air, and then, like, let's pray that we get to Sunday. That's not how we should live. We should live a sustained life, a transformed life, and we can. Romans 15, 29. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Wow. Let's unpack that. Paul says, I want to come to you, and when I come, I will come in the fullness of the blessing. You see, this is the blessing. They, if you didn't believe me, please believe Paul. He says, this is the blessing. It is the fullness of the power of the gospel. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit. When you receive salvation, it is what? You get born again. It's not a good word. Born from above. Born from the Spirit. Born of God. That, that speaks different. Because if we get born again, we think clean slate. Start over. And then we mess up again and then we want to rededicate ourselves. And then we want to, what does that mean? I want another clean slate, Lord. And then we do the math 70 times 70 and we know how many times we can rededicate ourselves. If you think like that, be transformed and be challenged this morning. That being born again is being born from above. It's being now you are a new species. I don't like some of the translations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you are now a new man. It's not, it's not right. You're a new species. You're a different creature. You're a heavenly being. That is what he's conveying there. You are no longer carnal and fleshly only. You have now been endowed with the Spirit from on high. You've been born again with an everlasting life. Just logically, how are you going to live forever? Thank you, Lord, for eternal life. How? You see, I'm practical. How are you going to live forever? My birthday was yesterday and I'm counting. My sister is also counting and it doesn't help. We, this is not going to live forever. I believe this is going to last a, a, a long time, but it's not going to live forever. I'm not, I'm not oblivious. But what is in me is God. And God is going to live forever. And 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 says, Those that are one with God are one with His Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 2.23 says that we have three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. So we are not merely soul winners. We are spirit givers. We are depositing the Holy Spirit to people every time we encounter them with the gospel. Because the question then is how? Peter, I want to give I want to have stories like Gary and, and Herman and all these guys. How did they do that? Herman told me, he said, Peter, if there was ever one salvation that I wanted on video, it was Sunday night. And I know exactly what he's talking about because I've seen that light go on. I've seen people bouncing up and down with the light and the life of Christ in them right there in a moment. Once you've seen that, you know it's so much more blessed to give the, 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 the gospel than to receive the gospel. Now, I don't belittle when I got the gospel. That was amazing. But the Bible says it's more blessed to give it. And that's where the franchise model comes in again. You can only receive it once. But you can give it a million times.
And every one of those times are going to be more blessed than when you receive it. You know, to be more blessed, it needs to be blessed already. So it is blessed to receive. It's blessed. It's amazing. It's testimony time. It's, it's God giving the glory, getting the glory. It's like God did this in my life. It was such a blessed moment. Yes, amen, with you. But you know what's more blessed? It's when you share. It's when you give. It's when you fish for people. What I'm doing today is I'm giving you an invitation to live the more blessed life. I'm giving you an invitation to live with more joy. Let's get there. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13, the Living Bible. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But the Holy Spirit has fitted us all together into one body. We have been baptized into Christ's body by the one Spirit and have all been given that same Holy Spirit. Let's see what the New King James came up with. For by one Spirit we were baptized into one body, where the Jews are Greeks, where the slaves are free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Beautiful. What is that baptism? It's a spiritual baptism. There's nothing about water in that verse. Don't fight with me, just read the Bible. There's nothing about water there. But we have been become one. That is baptism. Baptism is oneness. It is when I take five bottles of water and I put it into one jar. That's baptism. That's baptizo. It's dipped and stay dipped. Get there and stay there. What is that? It's by the Spirit. We've been given that same Holy Spirit. That's why I like this translation. The Passion says, For by one Spirit we all were immersed and mingled into a single body. Wow! Just hear the poetry there. We were immersed and we were mingled. So I don't know who's Danny Patricia and who am I in the Spirit. I don't know whether um, Simone or, or Bernard. I, it doesn't matter if you're slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, because we are all one. You see, that's why Paul uses these pictures, his teaching aids. He says it's not about these things, it's about the Spirit, but let me use something you understand. What is this transforming power so you are one with it? Listen to this. Titus 3 and verse 4 says, But when the time came for the kindness and love of God our Savior to appear. Again, the Living Bible. It's the same time that Jesus spoke of in Mark 1. Jesus said the time for the promise is now. Titus speaks now about, Paul writes to Titus and he speaks about when that time for the kindness and the love of God the Savior to appear... Then He saved us, not because we were good enough to be saved. Amen. You didn't deserve it, because that be works. It was a gift. But because of His kindness and pity, by washing away your sins, and by giving us the new joy. Love that. He's given you the new joy. The more blessed life is the new joy. And what is that? That is by being, in, by, by the indwelling. Oh, beautiful word indwelling. Pause. Think about the words. It is in you, it is in, and it's dwelling. It's not leaving. It's dwelling. It's staying. It's not sweating. It's resting. It's there. It's the land of milk and honey. What is that? It's you. 
Amen, Holy Spirit. You are God's promised land. You are where He lives. You are where He dwells. You are the temple, the dwelling place, the address, the home, the container of God. That has been God's dream since the foundation of the earth. That is why we have beautiful mountains. So that God could dwell in you. That is why we have beaches and oceans and waterfronts and waterfalls and so that God could live in you. But first you had to live somewhere. That's why you only show up on day six when everything is done and ready. And then God does what? He breathes into the nostrils of man. What does he breathe? Life. God's kind of life. Genesis 1 verse 2 says, In the beginning God created what? The heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, And the Spirit of God was hovering, was dwelling, was looking for what? A place to stay. He was hovering over the waters because the earth was without form and void. There was no container that could contain God's Spirit. It was without form and it was empty. So God goes and He goes through six days and He creates this container that has a form and that form has an image and that image is His image. It's in His image and likeness that we have been made. And when He makes that, He says, now the Spirit is no longer looking for a place to stay. The Spirit has found what the Spirit has been looking for, what the Spirit has been dreaming of, what the hope of God is all about. And God breathes into man. And man doesn't stay one man because that is the blessed life, but now he starts to multiply and God caves and he takes out of his rib and he makes another man. Man is, is in Hebrew is person. Don't let the King James get you wrong there. He makes them, yes, he makes them male and female. He makes them man and wife. And he lives in them. And man wants to earn it. Man wants to work for it. And man gets up on day seven and he's ready to work. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Today we rest. And never do we see that God started working again. Some say we're still living in day seven. God is seated, Christ next to him. If you in him, then you're there. Ephesians 2 6 says you're seated in heavenly places. You're not living in day one, two, three, four, five, or six. The world is. But we've received the blessing. Hebrews 4 says that's the rest. But you know what? Six is the day of man. So we are our own worst enemies. We think triple six is the Satan number. Six is the number of man. It is we who are our own enemies. Triple six is man. We give the devil way too much credit. John 10. It's not about the thief. It's not the devil. Read context. It is anyone and anything that comes to God, not through Christ. Anyone 
who does not come through the door or the gate, which is Jesus, is a thief and a robber. I believe it's around verse 4 that says that. We are not powerless against the enemy. We have the power from on high, indwelling, staying within us. God has found his home. It's you. But now he wants to transform you into living for your, not for yourself, but for others. He's given us that indwelling, the new joy, the Holy Spirit. Verse 6 says, Whom he poured out upon us with a wonderful fullness, all because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. We're not belittling Jesus. Jesus had to come to open up the doors of heaven so that the Spirit could be poured out. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Go read that for yourselves. Now, what is the story of the Bible? We looked at Genesis. We looked at Exodus. We looked at Numbers. We looked at Titus. We looked at Timothy. We looked at Mark. We're going to look at Revelation before we end, which will be soon. Don't worry. We're going to look quickly at Isaiah. Isaiah 12. What is Isaiah? It's prophecy. It is, what is prophecy? It is telling things to come. Where did they get the ideas? They got it in the Torah. They got it in the first five books of the Bible. So now they're giving commentary on the Torah by saying this is what the Torah said and this is what it means. This is what is coming. Then it happens, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and now Paul, Peter, Jude, and James, all these guys, they look back and they say this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what was promised. This is where it originates. And this is what it means. That's how you interpret the Bible. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Not New Testament, Old Testament. Much more than that. Let's look at Isaiah 12. In that day, what day? The promised day. The day that was to come. The day Jesus spoke of in Mark 1. You will sing, I praise you, Lord Yahweh. For even though you were angry with me, your anger turned away, and you now are tenderly comforting me. Behold, God is my salvation. What is Jesus' name? Yeshua. Jehovah saves. God is my salvation. There it is. Isaiah 12. I am confident, unafraid, and I will trust in you. Yes, the Lord Yah is my might and my melody. And He has become my salvation. How do you get saved? Through the Lord, through Christ. Verse 3. With triumphant joy... You will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. When you see the word well in the Bible, it is talking about the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus goes in, in, in John 4, he goes and he meets the woman at the well. And right there he shows us what it's all about. He says, you are thirsty and you'll be thirsty again tomorrow. But drink of the living water and you'll never be thirsty again. Because this is Jacob's well, she says. This is where we worship. And Jesus says, no, 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 you don't understand. We worship in spirit and truth. We worship in milk and honey. Spirit and truth. Milk, spirit man, being born again. Truth, revelation. Honey. Nothing new that Jesus brings to the table. Jesus' own words, I only say. What is only? Nothing else, only. You say, I'm only going to eat that. Then only eat that. Don't eat more. Yeah? Because then it's not only anymore. I only say what I heard my father say. Yes, on the mountain, but also in the Bible, in the Torah, in the prophets. I only do what I hear my father, what I see my father do. 
Yes, the prophecies, yes, the Torah, the Old Testament. By the leading of the Spirit, of course. With triumphant joy, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. In that glorious day, you will say to one another, Give thanks to the Lord and ask Him for more. Tell the world about all that He does. Let them know how magnificent He is. Verse 4 in the New King James says, In that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon His name, declare His deeds among the people, make mention that His name is exalted. So there you have it again. Verse 3 is salvation. Verse 4 is transformation into now being a blessing. Verse 3 is drinking from the well, being blessed. Verse 4 is now you be a blessing, now you go out and you share. Acts 1.8, you will receive power and you will witness. Abraham, Genesis 12, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will empower you and you will witness. You will drink from the well and you'll shout and proclaim His goodness. You will be missionaries. You will be witnesses. You will be testifying about me in all creation. Does that help? Does that simplify? I'm asking that because I'm challenging myself every Sunday to help you, to simplify you, and to not just be blessed, but that we transform into being blessings. Being, a ble being blessed is fine. We'll go to heaven. We'll have a long party there. Eternity is going to be lacquer. But you have a birth date and you have an end date. You have a start date and an end date on your tombstone. None of those matter. But the little stripe in between, that is what counts. That is where you make eternity happen. Be blessed to be a blessing. Receive power to witness. Drink from the wells, proclaim His goodness. That is the more blessed not in things, not in covetousness, not in money, not in food. We live in a beautiful place. Not in coffee. Let me say that. I got so much coffee for my birthday. I need to, to proclaim that I'm enjoying it, but that I'm free from it. Amen? <laughs> it's a blessing because now I can share that with others. Let's stand as we close this. I promised we'll will end off in Revelation. So Revelation 22. If someone asks you, what did Peter speak on today? You can say he spoke from Genesis to Revelation and a few things in between. Not just that. We spoke from Genesis 1 and Revelation 22. So this is pretty cool. Listen to this. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Who are you? You're the Bride. Who's co-laboring with you? Who is speaking through you? Who is witnessing the Spirit? What is the message? Come. Paul says, be reconciled to God. Come, 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 come home. Come to the Father. And let Him that hear, this is discipleship, the Spirit and the Bride says, come. And some have heard and have come. And let them that have heard and have come say what? Come. And let him that's thirsty come. And whosoever will come, let him take the water of life freely. There is Christianity. 
There is the purpose for creation. There is the reason you were born and why Jesus came in one verse. So that the Spirit could marry you to God. But it is not the most blessed part to be married to God. It goes on and it becomes more blessed as you are transformed and now you start living your purpose. And you don't only hear come and you don't only come, but now you call and you transform into be coming and come people come. And now you're starting to witness and you're starting to share and you are empowered and you're a messenger and you become an apostle and you become a disciple and you live a life that is changed. And those who hear, you now teach and you teach them so that they will tell others to come. Paul says, teach those who can teach others also. God's dream is to live in you, yes, but in, to live in you until it overflows. Don't hoard the power. Don't keep the treasure. Don't only drink of the well, but offer the life-giving water to everyone we encounter. Let him that take the water of life do so freely. Close your eyes as I read the Passion. It says, Come, says the Holy Spirit, and the bride in divine duet. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, Come. People won't know if it's you or God speaking to them, because God will be speaking to them through you. Let everyone gripped with a spiritual thirst say, Come, come drink. And let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely this is my gift to you come this is the new joy this is the more blessed life this is the purpose the dream the promise of God that we will join him on this mission yes that we will drink deeply from the wells, that we will be living with the power, that we will be blessed, amen, yes, but that we will be transformed into becoming a blessing. Your faith is not a private matter. Your faith is to be shared on the hilltops. It is to be proclaimed on the mountains, in the streets, in the valleys, in the business place. Because what has happened is too good to keep inside. A city on a hill cannot be hid. A light in the darkness changes the atmosphere. You, son, daughter of God, were called for such a time as this. You were placed and positioned for such a place as which you find yourself in currently. And you have been endowed with power from on high to live out kingdom, to share, to proclaim, to invite. Lord, right now we just pray that you show us exactly what that looks like for each and every one of us. How we can live this life with you how we can be transformed how we can level up from just merely enjoying the blessing 
into sharing it. You need to be blessed first. You need to receive God in His spirit form living in you. And if you've never done that, this is your moment. This is for you. You just say, yes, Lord. I want to receive Christ. I want to receive the spirit. I want to be forgiven. It's all the same thing. That is the blessing. That is the blessed life. And now God is telling you, okay, but let's go further. Let's be a blessing. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.